water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast by us, the Novice Leadists, your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Caleb. How's your day, or at least, yeah, this day itself been? Uh, not the best day, but it was very much improved when I came around for my second reading of The Search, the last of our, our three-part comic book series for this this time. Excellent. Very good. Glad that. Did you pick anything up uh, on your second read? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know if I picked up anything new. Fair enough. Um, I guess maybe we'll see. <laughs> Well, anyway, this one was written by uh, Jean Luen Yang, and the art was by Guri Hiru. Hmm. Anyway, so don't worry. We're going to try to refine this as much as we can. Uh, Caleb, let us begin on page three. Of course, please get your copies of this search, whether it's in issues, omnibus, digital, physical. That's pretty much it. Uh, please get to page three or whatever, or at least the beginning that says, wait, I want to know everything. Begin. Yeah, and this, this story takes place, at least this opening little section of it, takes place in the town called, I'm going to leave you to say because I don't know how to say this. Hirura, I believe. Yeah, the Fire Nation town of Hira. Uh? <laughs> yeah, Hira, uh, I believe. Yeah, and did you know right away uh, what this scene was? As we see these two uh, two youngsters, they seem like they're maybe in their late teens. They're preparing for this performance, uh, playing a water spirit and a, a fire dragon. Did you guess um, who this this pair was right away? Uh, well, I guess you already read this actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> was I supposed to like initial? Well, oh, like when I first read it, I guess. Um, well, <laughs> and the sec- next page, they say who that is. Like, I guess who spooks the guy on stage there? But that's fair. No, why? Like, or did you know immediately who this was? Yeah, for whatever reason, I was just like, oh, how exciting. Yeah, you kind of, I think it was the sepia tone. I was like, oh, wow, they're giving it to us right away, the backstory. I was expecting it to be more, since it was such built up, I thought they were going to do a little bit more secret. So the fact that they intermix it so much throughout the story, I was surprised by. Oh, I see. Okay, that's what you meant. Yeah, that we start with yeah. a flashback. Now, if I may ask you, sir, what is it about, is is this a gimmick? Is, you know, telling the story in two pieces, is this a, is this a gimmick or do you think, I, I know I'm start like asking this like from the beginning, but do you think overall, do you think the fact that they switch back and forth between flashback and present day, does that work or is it too jarring when you uh, jump back into present? Um. I think it I, I think it felt more jarring the first time I read it. This time, like especially, you know, I guess we'll we'll discuss it more plot point by plot point. But there was a couple images in here the first time I read it where I was like, okay, like why are they showing me this? What does this mean? Then the second pass through it made a lot more sense. Even just the fact that at the very start we start with that quote of wait, I want to know everything for you, dear. I'll start from the beginning. You know, that that 
itself, I was like, was that a piece of the show? I don't remember that line. <laughs> so it wasn't. Yeah. It, I think it just works better on a repeat read with that stuff. But how about you? Did you feel like it was a gimmick or? Interesting. I never really got that. I just took it as it is. I, I took it as a matter of fact of like, all right, this is the story they're going to tell. Thankfully, again, they have the CPU tones in, I guess, in literature sense, like if you're reading by text, it you, you have to have an indication of this is in the past. Whereas here, because we're you know, dealing with illustrations, uh, they do a smart thing where they, again, you have the like fade colors or whatever, as you call it, sepia tones to mention that it is a flashback. So that I think is smart. And again, I just took it as just the, so, but I guess, I don't know if this is was in media's res or something like that. I don't, I don't think so, but yeah. yeah, I guess they just start with that quote, which is from the ending or whatever, but I, I don't know. I, I, I took it. All right. Yeah, but I guess just to move past some of the mechanics there, we can discuss this little brief scene between Ursa and Ekem, this guy that she's, uh, yeah, they're both working this play, playing out this little scene, Ursa and Ekem, this little scene where this uh, dragon, or this uh, water spirit and this dragon, I guess, uh, I don't know, I, I wasn't fully sure how to dis- what was going on in the play there. I guess it was someone, a mortal who was trapped, or a spirit who was trapped in the body of a mortal, and then I guess falls in love with the the spirit that frees them. I think that's what was happening in it. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, that is also the the case. But obviously, the play reflects the play that we are about to watch itself in this entire yeah. omnibus. That's fair. Yeah, but either way, even though we don't get to see too much of the play here, we do see that it that these uh, these two characters share a kiss. And Ursa is kind of disgusted by kissing in the mask. She finds that a little off putting. But our old buddy Ekem, he seems to have been, uh, in that moment, he realized that this is the woman that he wants to be with for the rest of his life. In uh, Scary Masks as well, probably. That's what he wants to do going forward. Only in the Scary Masks. That's that's how we must like yeah. perceive ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Very, I just love her when she says, that's in the script. <laughs> yeah, when he asked to marry her. Yeah, and at first she's kind of like, uh, like, uh, like, okay. But then once, he re- once she realized that it's serious, then she she says yes. There you go. Congratulations. And we're starting off with a wedding. How could this go wrong at all? Oh, boy. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I was like, oh, no, this poor, this is going to be a tragedy now. We're going to find out. <laughs> this is the tragedy of Darth Plegius. Okay, where did that come from? Anyway, and uh, now back to Hudao. Mm. I don't know if I want to go there or not. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, especially right now, because... Yeah, it's been a little while. The Harmony Restoration Movement, I guess, has been, you know, maybe a thing of the past. Maybe they figured out a new way forward. And so now they're listening to some 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 other ideas on how to move forward. They have this this ancient Earth kingdom, uh, I guess, expert. He's in there to try to advise them how things used to be. And Team Avatar and Zuko, I mean, they all seem kind of bored. Zuko and Katara seem to be trying to pay attention. But Aang and Sokka, they're just, uh, it's they're, they're like Charlie Brown. It's just uh, this guy's talking and they can't hear what he's saying. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, by the way, sorry, I don't want to, but, but, but like middle panel of page eight, I could see uh, the town mayor, his wife, there's uh, Yuri and, or Kiri, excuse me, and uh, Sneers. I just like that. I, I didn't notice that until now. I was like, oh, hey, look at that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I like that too. And I, I, also, I should also be upfront about this. I did read this. I forgot to mention this in the beginning. Sorry. Uh, I did read this. Oh, golly. It was at the library like 
2014, 2015 around there. So I actually read this one first before I ever read the promise or the, yeah, the promise. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So Zuko, you know, he's been trying to pay attention. He asked the professor like, Oh, excuse me. Like, can you repeat that last bit? And the professor, I guess being so wrapped up in his speech, not hearing Sokka and Aang just talking over him. He's like, Oh, well, a teenager is a teenager, even if he is the head of the state. And then just kind of condescends to poor Zuko. And he, he looks kind of sad after that. Well, maybe not about like being condescended towards, but the words that um, the teacher was speaking. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, as he says, that family is is essential in a small nation, and the nation itself is like a large family. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to figure out how to rule this nation, you have to do it the same way that you'd rule your family. And poor Zuko starts to think, like, well, you know, what's my family? My my dad's in prison. My sister's in a the bug house currently and my mom who knows where she is she's been banished so yeah more another another story that's centered around zuko's issues rather than like at least the last one it was kind of ang reacting to zuko's issues but it wasn't his own story so as we branch out into more comics in the future i'll be curious to see if if zuko remains the the main focus for these it shall be interesting to see anyways uh moving on other than you know bits of splashing water and snow in the face yeah yeah we're back in the beginning of wizard of oz we're back with the sepia tones as we see that ursa she's she's happy she she can't believe it she's getting a she's coming to tell her parents about her new engagement uh, but her mom seems uh, pretty concerned as a visitor has come come to their little town I didn't realize this. Page 12, you can see in like the left or the sorry, the right panel, Avatar Roku's uh, little like, you know, headdress or whatever, the crown that Sozin gave him all those years. I didn't realize. Interesting. Okay. Oh, oh, I missed that too. That's cool. I missed that completely until just now. Anyways. Yeah, take it away. What do we have here? So there you go. You know, Ursa goes into the green, uh, greenhouse and there, none other uh, in the shadows and in uh, the verdant everywhere is Fire Lord Azulon. Wow. Mm. What is this about? Like, how have you, why have you come and greased your presence here? What's, what's going on here? And it seems as though I got to shake my head. Unfortunately, just like dogs, apparently the Fire Lord Azulon is a big proponent of eugenics. Yeah. Oh boy, that's okay. Um, oh boy, that's not that's yeah. not too good. He's been working with the Benny Gesserit. Oh, and they decided that oh, if we can combine these bloodlines, we'd have something really powerful. Oh, uh, don't even get me started. Oh boy, uh, that's <laughs> not. So basically, the Fire Sages were like, so if we took your bloodline and the bloodline that, even though they were friends at one point, we just spin it a little. Uh, the bloodline of Avatar Roku potentially because he had a descendant potentially we could create a long-lasting house of very very high level firebenders mm-hmm. yeah so we'll we'll pick up a little bit later we'll see what his proposal leads to but first we have to head back to a place that we've become very familiar with since book two and that's this uh the fire nation prison hidden in that cave there book two Book three, book three, book three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, right. And Zuko's come back to visit his father, and he he's brought someone else with him too. Now uh, Azula gets to pay a visit to her dad, and they're just kind of sitting in there awkwardly. Uh, Suki and and Tylee are kind of like, yeah, they've been sitting there for a while. You know, they haven't even said hi to each other. They've just been kind of creeping around there. So we we don't know about that. 
And Zuko decides to go in and, and try to be the peacemaker between the two, bringing some tea in. And Azula, you know, she she she's gone a little bit wild at this point. She just grabs that tea tray with her mouth and knocks him down. Talk about weak Zuko. How'd she knock him down like that? <laughs> it's just a tea tray. Well, I don't know. Just yeah, it's I just imagine Kung Fu. That's fair. Yeah, we do see that her dad seems pretty pleased. He liked that move. Even though she's caged, she's still uh, the better of the two. That's probably what he's thinking. Uh, probably. I, I suppose so. That like, right, At least I'll say this, that Azula is still the opportunist. Even though, again, yeah, Zuko comes in uh, you know, clear to, you know, be, to, to be the better one, at least not the better one, of course, but here to, as you said, you know, be diplomatic and whatnot and to show, uh, you know, some, uh, form of humaneness to his, you know, sibling and his father. Um, yeah, she just takes advantage of his kindness and repays it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to like take you down. Yeah. And I remember at the end of book three, we both kind of, we left kind of feeling bad for her. Like, oh man, look, she used to have it so together and, now she's just completely come undone. She seems like she's had a complete break from reality. And it's sad to see that even at this point, she's like, oh, you know, May and Ty Lee, how'd my mom get to you? How'd she convince you to, to lose your fear of me? It's just like, oh, man, she's she's gone into the, the cuckoo part of town. Funny how I mentioned eugenics in just a few pages ago. <laughs> oh, no. This is why we don't do that. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, this whole thing is going to be a whole, like, hearing Isaac talk about, like, how is his anti-eugenics program. It's like, oh, we'll go that far, but. Yeah, but this is the first mention of dignity that we get as Azua's like, uh, you know, you want me to, to talk to him? Then lend us a little dignity here. Why don't you give us some space? You know, I don't want to have to have our first discussion after all this time be public. Like, I want it to be in private. And Zuko decides to give her that respect and lets the two of them have their little half an hour long, uh, just a uh, space between them to try to figure out their issues. And of course, the Kyoshi warriors are kind of like, like, are you sure that that's a really good move there? Fire Lord Zuko. Like these are two of our biggest enemies in the same room. No one's listening, uh, but yeah, he, he just, he wants to show that respect, I guess. And again, there one is chi blocked by one who one Kyoshi warrior who looks like Ty Lee and the other no longer has fire bending. So other than, scheming uh yeah they should be fine yeah they do like their schemes uh, they definitely do uh next we then go back in time going back in time and see that it's it, time has probably passed since the offer or order whichever you want to go with <laughs> probably demand and or kidnapping whatever you want to call it of ursa and it seems as though well even though you know, Azalon is, you know, sweet talking her about, oh, you know, it's who cares about this backwater town? I was like, I, I, I saw that, you know, comment you made before when you introduced yourself. Um, I, I saw that, you know, high and mighty attitude you had. I'm surprised they didn't do this with Iroh. Maybe I guess uh, Ozai and Ursa are closer in age. I have no idea. Anyways, uh, they're, they're, you know, as they're, I guess, heading back to the palace, unfortunately, they're stopped uh by a hoodlum or well maybe not hoodlum but uh a person who just like i i can't let this i can't see this as i can. he is not having it because obviously him and ursa were like no 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 we're we're trying we're trying the knot you you cannot do this this is against her will and then he gets a taste and dose of the fact that this is a uh person inside the carriage has power and he does not 
and this sucks. Yeah. So fight scene ensues, and it isn't until Ursa urges Ozai, listen, please, like if you wouldn't mind, or not wouldn't mind, but please just, <laughs> you know, like make it stop. I right, let's let's get out of here. And you know, seems as though Ozai's like, yes, all right, let's that's fine, that's enough. And Ursa is the one to go and convince Icom, unfortunately, that again they are both powerless in this play uh, that they have to be a part of and she hates the fact that yeah, bas- again basically like figurative rope tied around her neck of like I got no choice and tells Icom yeah. to forget all about this and go home and the carriage leaves and with Icom in the dust and tears rolling down his face turning into mud yeah, we get the first example with Ozai and, and Ursa of their relationship having this transactional quality. She's like, oh, Ozai, please stop the carriage for, for my love. So he's uh, he stops it, hoping that maybe things will pro- progress a little bit easier for them. At least that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we, we will definitely see on that. Great way to start this relationship off, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I thought that was a pretty scene with, with her and Ikem in there. I, I just thought that they, they handled that well. She couldn't even face him really until she had to tell him to go home. No, again, she's, I, I, I well, yeah, when I say powerless, it's like, well, yeah, what, like, what the flip? I, first off, yeah. I don't even know if Ursa herself is a firebender. I don't think yeah. she is. I don't believe I don't so there's any display of firebending anywhere, which is, I guess, yeah. obviously, uh, Azalon could probably make a joke saying, like, geez, the granddaughter of, avatar roku and she's not even a firebender like i could i could hear that insult right now but it's like anyways yeah we cut back to the the fire nation uh, capital here and the group are taking azula back to her cell but zuko you know he wants to spend some time with his sister maybe try to see if she'll open up to him tell him what happened with the dad and so he asks the kiyoshi warriors to excuse him and her and they're kind of again hesitant like hey we'd feel a lot better as your security if we were there with you but He's insistent that he wants to just walk with her. Uh, but she, poor, you know, Zuko, this guy, ever the optimist, she just can- gives him the run around and eventually gets down to telling him, like, have you ever been uh, uh, chi blocked? Let me tell you about this unique thing that happens after you're uh, starting to gain back your mobility. where You suddenly become very flexible. And we get this very crazy, crazy uh, look on her face as she sparks a little bit of lightning and then goes off to some combat. I thought she was about to ask, have you ever been in a Turkish prison? <laughs> there you go. Apparently, uh, yeah, being loose and whatnot is what it's like in there. Okay, anyway. Yeah, but throughout this book, we get so many, because again, all, all, almost all of Avatar, uh, the series, she seemed so put together, so always uh, like she was a couple steps ahead. I just like how crazed she is in this and how unpredictable she is like that but i guess this is an example here of her somewhat planning ahead so again taking advantage of uh zuko's kindness yeah poor zuzu but either way she manages to blast him and escape and we'll find out what happens there but first we have to cut to one of the bits that at first left me a little bit confused as we get this couple couple panels of of no dialogue as we see ikem i guess depressed heading off into this this woods area with this giant kind of rock with a, a face on it which i don't think they ever really say what that is maybe that's just the mark for this forest oh i know it i, I know it, yeah it's the mark of the forest it's the mark if i if i may it's sure these those are the pools 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I, th- I think those, that's, that's my interpretation. Those are, because remember we get an overhead shot of the pools later on with Aang, uh, in yeah. the spirit world. So, and I saw all those pools and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, that's what I'm connecting it to. So all this in the past is set up. And again, I love, I love when there's not love, but I, I definitely appreciate when there's no dialogue and it's all just visual. Yeah. Sucks for people who can't see, but honestly, like, I think even if it was described, it would still be very, like, it would paint a very beautiful picture if you use the right language. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the whole medium of comics would be kind of lost on people who can't see. Depends, of course, but anyway. Uh, yeah, we see Ikem, you know, it seems as though he's now living a hermit. He just... Yeah. I guess he put all his faith into Ursa, and she was the entire town to him, basically. And so, I guess, just existing there... It cannot be. He cannot like just live with himself anymore. So I guess he's just either, well, either that or he's camping here and waiting for something. Who knows? Either he's living as a hermit in destitute or again he's waiting for something. And however many moons go by when he gets a beard, uh, does he <laughs> finally encounter maybe what he's been looking for? Hmm. Yeah, as we see an image of a, a pond and a great big wolf standing in front of it. So Have we seen this wolf before? Mm. Uh, we jump back uh, to the fire uh, present time, excuse me, in the palace. And, you know, we see, like, oh, where'd the, where, where, where did Izua go? <laughs> Guard, you know, like, crazy, just like, oh, she's crazy. She went that way. And, uh, you know, Zuko goes to a, a room that has this emblem of the Fire Nation symbol and or the fire symbol itself and turns out it's it's a little warm he's like what's what's going on here and so he blasts with fire turns out there's a secret compartment hmm interesting anyways goes in there and we find a treasure trove of different items interesting this is creepy what do you make of this sir yeah i was wondering because we see some various different outfits from the the Earth Nation, the Water Tribes, and of course the the Air Nomads. And I was like, did he take these from you know the various groups that he conquered? Like, does did these belong to leaders that he you know bowled over? And so he took the piece of them. I don't know. That that's what I was thinking. Looking at some of these, like his war artifacts, war trophies. His trophies. These trophies are these his trophies, or are these like trophies of like you know Azulons or of so that's fair yeah that could be i don't know like yeah he wouldn't have like been able to unless he went to like one of the air temples to you know uh take one of the you know such items there in the background but i don't know but anyway it seems as though azula herself is stark raving mad and she's (laughs) muttering mumbling stuff to herself and looking through like a, a chest of for whatever and finds letters or at least notes aha interesting i didn't notice that before mm. uh and you know it's like i know something that you don't and then it proceeds to burn them except for one page that i did not realize she slipped into her belt interesting yeah i like that touch didn't pick up that on my first uh, read i didn't pick that up until now so i appreciate that yeah and again she's convinced that her her dad and Basically, everybody has been under the control of her mom all this time. And she's like, he, he finally had a moment of clarity to, you know, slip to, slip out of her control and tell me about these letters. But I'm not going to tell you what was on them unless you uh, unless you agree to do things my way. And she says that 
she wants to find the mom as much as he does, and so she'll help him, but on one condition. I wonder what that's going to be. I guess we have to wait a few pages to uh, to find out there. In the past, we see the royal wedding itself. We'd seen a similar wedding uh, with Avatar Roku and his wife, hmm. but now it seems that his granddaughter is getting married to <laughs> the descendant of Sozin. Oh, how must he be turning in the spirit world right now? It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shake his head. This is yeah, this is madness. Yeah, and we get a a pretty disturbing scene here, and another sign of how this relationship is gonna go in the future. As Ozai, you know, during the wedding, poor Ursa's looking a little bit sad, but she perks up a little as Ozai starts to mention some people that she loves, her parents. He's like, oh, you know, they they sure are lovely. When you say goodbye tonight, make sure that your words are filled with gratitude and kindness, so, so their memory of you will always be sweet. And she realized that he said last words, and we get this creepy exchange him explaining that, yeah, from this day forward, you're you're my wife, and, and that's that's all you are. Your past, everything about you, all you are is what you mean to me as my kind of possession. And as the royal family, uh, like the bearer. So, eek. And she looks pretty stunned. I'm pretty sure that, you know, the current and or at least line of princes and princesses over, I guess, in Europe and elsewhere... I'm pretty sure they can still make contact with their old lives. I think I get they have duties, but it's like I, I still assume that they still talk to people they know. I anyway, yeah, the, this is wrong. I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, pretty clearly so, and pretty despicable stuff. And again, maybe had he not been this way, maybe things would have turned out different for all of them. But well, I guess you can't help who you are. Yeah, well, it's the way he was raised. You saw how Azalon acted in that in, in all that brief time that we saw him, and how like dismissive he was of, and again how kind of like made some threw some shade, was passive aggressive about the village he was from. So you can see that it definitely runs in the family. Back to present day, we're back at the furnished capital, and there's our old friend. It's uh, and in different garb. This is hmm, interesting. Yeah, as we return to see Uncle Iroh, he's he's been a little bit, I've been kind of sad going through these three books, that they haven't really given him much of a chance for a spotlight. And they continue that trend here as we get a very brief scene with him, as Zuko says, oh, you know, it's uh, me and, I, I want to invite you guys, Team Avatar, to go traveling with me, and in my wake, I'm going to have Iroh here kind of ruling in, in my stead. And I... I, I I wish we would have gotten a little bit more with him. It, I'm maybe he didn't need to come along on the journey, but I don't know. I, I wish they could have worked him in a little bit more. I suppose you and I are at least appreciative that he's involved in something somehow this time ra- around, rather than what uh, events occurred last time. Yeah, I was looking for these bubble tea just like sitting on a table in the background. Though I was like, is he still trying that out? So what's going on there? No, well, you never know. It could be <laughs> it could be refining that those tea of bubbles. We'll we'll never know. Of that, but yeah, you know, as again, you know, Aang's just like really like, and you wanna you want us to come along, like yeah, why? Because there's nothing wrong with that until he's saying that this all came at a cost. Yeah, we see the creepy image of her as Azula enters the scene, pushing apart this little little curtain. Man, she looks creepy there. I understand why they immediately jump to okay, we gotta defend against this this chick. What's she doing there? And even Katara, she throws some blades at her. She's ready to take the head off, but uh, Zuko stops her. Well, I mean, remember 
what the last encounter was between these two. It's understandable why she would want to like take Azula's head off. <laughs> and Sokka too, he's got that boomerang ready to go, and we do get a little bit of setup here as uh, Azula's like, ha ha ha, you ignorant peasant. You really think you could take me on with that boomerang of yours? And he's like, let's find out. So keep an eye on that boomerang. Maybe we'll find out a little bit later. It's going to come back. I swear, if this <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't set this during a full moon or else I could imagine what Katara would have done to Azula with all that water in her body. Oh, no. Yeah, let's save that. Maybe it'll come up a bit later. Uh, Probably not. No. <laughs> not this full moon or not. <laughs> uh, but Zuko explains as uh, Suki and, and Sokka are reunited in the background with their little hearts, which are, that was quite cute. Um, Zuko explains that, yeah, Zula was the one that gave me the information that I need to, to go on from Ozai and how to find our mom. So she's going to be there to travel with us and unbound and with dignity, just as like an equal member of the group, which everyone is, of course, immediately repelled by the idea of like, are you kidding me? You know who she is? Like, this is this is bonkers. But you see, you must remember, Zuko is a man of honor. So, yeah. I have to tip my hat to him on that. It's even even with everything that happens afterwards, those are on her actions and on her, not on him. Yeah, because this was just the this was just the card in the hand that he was dealt. So obviously we're gonna maybe argue. Uh, yeah, maybe we can argue and discuss this, but I don't think Zuko's in the wrong here, given that he is still being the no. honorable one as opposed to his sister, who's being the conniving and deceitful one. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, I mean, maybe Azula has definitely left a, a trail of reasons for him to hate her, but she's so, so lost that I feel like you'd drop all the grudges and you'd just be like, oh man, like, she's not even herself anymore. She's just, she's just gone. So I can understand why you would want to try to find a way to help her. And I do like that. That's how Iroh convinces Aang to be okay with this. He's like, oh, you know, Zuko, he's, he's been looking for a way to, to find peace. And not only for himself, and they kind of show a shot of Aang looking at Azula, and that's what makes him think, like, okay, I'll I'll help him in this as well. And that line right there, by the way, it's all really needed of just hearing him try, like, what Uncle Iroh just said of about, like, just that line is kind of, I guess, what Zuka was trying to do with Ozai uh, in, in The Promise. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Trying to mend bridges rather than burn them, or... You know, just leave them as they are. So, again, tip the hat. Respect to Zuko for that. Yeah, and respect to Aang, too, as we see the next day. I mean, he's ready already to start off on a good foot with Azula, to give her a restart. He's like, oh, good morning. Beautiful day for a trip, isn't it? But immediately she's uh, just just unpleasant, as she always is. And even, I think it's Ty Lee who has to be like, why do you have to be so mean all the time? As she's uh, disrespectful to Appa, calls him a shaggy beast. Again, roll with the punches. I, I hate saying this. Turn the other cheek, because again, yourself needs to be at least you know be the the better person over that. Let her dig herself a deeper grave, but let her not drag you down with her. So that's the that's the always the difficulties and whatnot. And I guess just quickly, they make alignment. They made made a mention of it before. Toph is absent from this because Metal mm-hmm. Bending Academy. So yeah, another thing that. When they said that at first, I was like, oh, but surely we'll see her a bit later, pop in somehow. And so I was quite sad. I mean, maybe there was no room for her in this story, but again, I was a little bit sad to, to not see her. That's fair. I'm of the, I, I don't mind. I'm of the, you know, 
it, when it comes to books and I guess any story, use the characters you've got. Don't just have everybody be in there for background unless they have some, I say I have something to contribute, but it's just like, yeah, you know, like you can be conservative or liberal with your characters. I just, you know, whatever, it, as long as it's for the story, that's, that's, that's what I think of. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, we see that Aang, he's got some, some space to be more forgiving to Azula and try to be open to her. Because his right hand and, and left hand uh, people are right there to keep their eye on her. Uh, Katara is ready to go if worst comes to worst. You know, it's going to be the all of them against her. And Zuko's right there at the boomerang like, okay, you know, don't worry. We we didn't like that comment earlier where she called us ignorant peasant. Uh, Sokka. Sokka. So if I see her step out of line, then my boomerang is going to be uh, you know, showing her what's what. Come to the back of her head. Yeah, and even Zuko's like, I appreciate that you guys are here, but... You know, and we're you're trying to be more respectful to Azula, but we can't give her a minute to, uh, you know, be on her own. We have to be watching her all the time. So even he isn't being stupid about this whole situation or being too uh, naive, I should say. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is a debate whether or not uh, uh, let's 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 hear it out. You know, the scene plays out as, you know, Sokka's, you know, being all tough and whatnot, you know, broad chest that he's coming at Zula being like, no funny business or else. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't mean anything bad, but uh, even Stephen, if she's a conniving like lunatic, um, <laughs> I found this is comedy where she just is like zap. Yeah. And puts, you know, kind of humble Zuka or well, almost there, uh, humble Sokka there. But again, and then everybody reacts of just like, hang on a second. They just like, you know, just restrain her. I'm just, I guess that's comedy. But at the same time, that's the one where I'll be like, all right, that was Azula. I'll give you that one. That was pretty funny. Yeah. The only thing is, is it did make me think like, why exactly are they not bringing Ty Lee along on this journey when Azula could prove so dangerous and you could easily disable her in, in that way? It, it just. I don't know why they, they made that choice <laughs> or even uh tough because she could just metal bend uh, or like cuffs around or, you know, pieces of metal around Azula's hands. Yeah. And then if she tries to lightning bend, she's going to just electrify herself <laughs> and well, kill herself. So it's like, you, you yeah, like <laughs> that's a good question, but um, we're just going to leave that at that because uh, they're not here. So it's just the way the writer put it at and, well, yeah, no, they, they give her a slap, slip her a slap on the wrist and <laughs> just go about it. So they're, they're all like, all right, let's just take off. Yeah. And we see the the aftermath as Ty Lee and uh, Suki wave them off. And Uncle Iroh starts to think like, oh, you know, why, how was I ever, you know, in a position to be dreaming about being the lord of this, this palace? Uh, but now that I'm here and I do have the power, let's let's try to turn things around. This place is too, too dour. Maybe if we got rid of some of these weapons and put a little tea in its place, maybe this place would be a little bit happier. And so he gets off, yeah, converting the rest of it to a more peaceful kind of environment. So that's kind of nice, I guess. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want to, I kind of want a comic of this now. Seeing like you know, Uncle Iroh's day off or Uncle Iroh's day as a Fire Lord would be, be kind of cool. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, that that would have been a, a nice little short in that Lost Adventures little section. I think that would have been cute. They should have kept making those all these years, little strips. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's always fan fiction, but anyways. Yeah, and speaking of fan fiction, maybe something that we've all wanted to see. Uh, now that the gang are all back together, heading off, Katara and, and Aang are like, "Oh, isn't it nice to be uh, 
heading back to the skies and you know back in those old times i always wanted to kiss you guitar but now that we can actually uh, now that we're dating we can actually do it and she's like oh sweetie and they just start making out in front of everybody <laughs> all right guitar let's let's pull off those moves that we uh, attempted at make out reef <laughs> oh <laughs> you know make out reef <laughs> sorry um but anyway, uh, so then we have you know Zula, oh. start of her you know, be, being a being a naysayer and nagging, 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 and all that stuff. And again, talk like a stark raving lunatic and madman. Like, jeez, like she's like, she just speaks these things, you know, complains and whatnot about like you know the peasantries of these people and not unpleasantries, excuse me, of these people. And again, like. What the hell are you talking about? Can you please explain yourself? And that's definitely my thought process throughout the entire thing. I'm like, okay, I'm fine to hear you out, but you have to explain. That's And even Zuko is sometimes like this as well, where he's like, hang on a second. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Although, uh, Zula calls this small talk. Possibly. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're, they're making, they're making progress. Um, on Appa, and all of a sudden, you know, it's you know getting more close to dusk, and Zuko says, you know, let's let's camp out tonight, you know, a little ways away from Hirura, and just you know, let's let's kind of go in the morning, just so we don't aren't perceived as bandits, because that's the last thing. It is a small town after all, so let's let's avoid that uh, until Aang makes the start of a bunch of series of stink faces again. Mm, yeah huh well if he had a mother or if he had listened to the monks uh they would tell him like never you know have your uh face sulking or at least in one position or else it's gonna be frozen apparently that's the case here well at least he didn't uh turn up as having joker grin <laughs> yeah and everyone's like uh ang like you know it's really not that big of a deal like why do you seem so so choked right now and he's like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something around me that I'm, I'm feeling some sort of presence, perhaps a, a spirit. And so they, they start looking around and what do they notice? But someone that we've seen a little bit before. But now we get a closer look at him as we see that that wolf that we saw in the flashback. And on his breast, he's got these uh, these very angry looking uh, uh, shaped. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Little like fur shaped <laughs> markings markings thank you or patterns <laughs> pigments whatever you want to call it in the shape that us humans could potentially perceive as eyes thank you yeah and so ang's like whoa did you guys just see that giant wolf spirit down there and everyone's like what no are you the new azula there's nothing down there oh no maybe the the kooky virus is spreading well that's not the case because if it's shown in the panel and they don't see it ang is correct because we can see it and they're, well, unless again, it's, well, no, but we could see it unless it is a narrative thing. I don't know. Or unless it could be hearing so never mind. Yeah, we do see some stuff from Azula's perspective later. That's true. Anyway, speaking of which, <laughs> uh, she's about to just fall out of the sky. And I don't know how she's going to land. I guess use jet propulsion or whatnot. And basically she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm just going to, you know. Forget all your ideas and your pleasantries there, Zuko. I'm going to go off and just talk to everybody in the village. It's like, again, Zuko being diplomatic. And then she just falls. Yeah. And quickly grabs her, 
she you know doused his air glider with some fire and again you know makes it makes a chase chases off or you know, gets gets away once again it's a chase but this time his roles are reversed we're chasing after azula now instead of the other way around yeah and as she runs off she runs past this little river and again to show how lost she is even though she's in the middle of a chase she hears her mother's voice speaking to her from the river telling her oh you're only hurting yourself and Azula can't help herself. She has to stop and just start yelling at a, a river that she walked past. Don't pretend to care about me. Uh, you thought you could break me, but, you know, you didn't. And she thinks that it was the mom that got Zuko to lock her up in that institution. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's very easy for, for Zuko to catch up with her. She's just standing there for a while yelling at the, the river and blasting with her lightning. It's like, oh, no, this is just getting really sad. <laughs> It would seem as though the lunatic is raving about something about how she is the one to be the Fire Lord and that this letter that she had beforehand, this note, piece of paper, has all the evidence to prove that she is in the case. Uh, and when, you know, she says that her mother does love her and her mother, her image of her mother, uh, repeats that she still does, she blasts her with lightning and that's when Azuko. Yeah, Again, catches up, and uh, yeah, I love the I love the face of Zuko where he's just like he does not wish to do this. He's he's like I'm not I'm not doing this. Like you know, before when we you're gonna Agni Kai, there was no question I was not gonna kill you. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely I I love his yeah his unwillingness to even go through this. I I appreciate that again. Like Zuko, you are definitely the winner in this in this whole book. Yeah, absolutely. And I again, I just to just to hammer it. So it's even more sad that her, because she's constantly talking about how the mom's been conspiring with everyone around her to sabotage her life. But then any time that she sees an image of her mother in her delusions, it's always just so kind and wanting to be like, "No, you really, you're you're missing it. I love you. I'm not trying to conspire against you." But yet she still tries to deny it and not listen to it. So what a whole bunch of different issues going on there in that brain of hers. Definitely so. I mean, of course, we saw, um, you know, in that was the Enter the Inferno or whatever it was, uh, or the Old Masters, where you know it was the breakdown of Azula. Uh, we saw, you know, Ursa briefly in the in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. They couldn't go with that whole like, oh, she's wicked and she's deceitful or anything like that. And she was, you know, but in every flashback, like, sure, her mother even questions of like, what is wrong with that? Um, so sure, I don't know if that's you know bad mothering or anything like that i mean i guess it's i guess it's bad parenting in a way but so far this book is definitely being i guess nice to ursa rather than <laughs> showing that she was also a victim of abuse yeah control jeez anyway uh speaking of control uh, <laughs> uh katara gets her under control uh Zulu, excuse me under control by freezing her uh with some water and you know get encases her with ice um Sure, she could probably just blast through that with fire, but anyway. Uh, and Zuko asks, "Hey, Yang, are you are you all right?" It's like, "Yeah, no, the gliders would singe, but I'm okay." And unfortunately, Aang's still making that stink face. He's still making that like weird face. Like, what's what's happening there? Yeah, and so clear that means that the wolf spirit is back, and now everyone gets to realize that Aang wasn't crazy, as uh, everyone sees it standing over Sokka. And I didn't realize the first time that it was this gigantic, but it's it's definitely a cool wolf spirit. It's it's full sized, as it were. 
Well, remember how big Haybuy was, if you recall. Uh, they're probably about the same size. Now, for your knowledge of Avatar, and I'm not going to claim that I am very knowledgeable in the show, but it's mm. only knowledgeable within what the show has presented to me. Do you remember? Think, think you got to use your noodle here. Think way back to book one, chapter 19 or 20. Uh, see, there you go. Oh. I can't remember which one it was, but. Think way, way back. I think it may have been 20. Uh, think back to when Aang first entered um, the spirit world and we went into the spirit realm itself. Oh, that was... Mm. Ooh, I, I, sorry, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it again. Oh, that was <laughs> such a great like place, location and whatnot. Yeah. You know, when he sees the monkey, he sees the... Uh, or, yeah, the monkey that you know gives him long directions and the monkey with no face. And there's a, there's a shot where there's a wolf, that a giant wolf spirit that goes on in the background. Oh, that I don't remember. I remember the monkey, but no, I don't remember the wolf. That's I think I have the, a vague recollection of it. It was I think either on Ang's journey to go see a certain spirit, or it was just him trying to you know go around and try to find himself, or maybe the table. I don't remember. But I'm not going to put two and two together. I'm just I, I have to obviously go back. And watch the episode to see if this that wolf had similar markings to this wolf. But I'm just saying, maybe either that or same species. Anyways, we flash back, yeah, uh, to the palace, the Fire Nation, or the fight, yeah, the Fire Nation palace. We see Ursa; she is writing a letter. It seems uh, quickly uh, puts it away, and then let's see, um, yeah, I'm a little confused why she puts the. Well, oh, I guess she just looks at the. Okay, I guess she just looks at the. Um, she takes the painting off, and then I guess just looks at all the masks that she has. Yeah, we see that she's hiding a piece of her old life there, but still, ah. still having those memories and still wanting to call back, and probably thinking of Ekim as she touches the mask that he used to wear. And then a knock comes at the door, and who is it but little old little baby boy Zuko? Very cute. And this I thought was so sad that he was having a nightmare that. All his toys and his his whole room was on fire, and Azula was just stood in the middle of it, laughing at him. <laughs> How sad! Yeah, and then has to be like, "Oh no, Zuko, don't worry. Azula's asleep over there in her room. Look at her. You know, they, you were just having a nightmare. Just just go back to bed." So, <laughs> even though he looks so young and Azula looks like she could be like a toddler, he was still scared of her then. Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> Oh boy. And if I may, I apologize, but this is a great setup. Sure. And also, like, wow. At the top of page 54 on our version, uh, you know, we see her collection of four masks, potentially maybe masks of different nations. I don't exactly know. But obviously, from the play, hmm. I'm focusing the one on the bottom right. Yeah, the, the water spear one that we saw before. Yep. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. With a certain old Zuko's alter ego. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's that. So I was wondering where he got that mask from. <laughs> but I guess it also just, it was being sold, if you remember, when he was the Blue Spirit for that time in book two. That was, he did find it, like, he said it's, a, I guess, a common yeah. piece of art. I don't really know. Anyway. Um, popular myth. Popular myth. There you go. That, you know, storytellers probably told to children or, you know, whomever is listening to uh, them talk. She goes then from comforting Zuko to the kitchen where she, I guess, speaks with a cook. Who's a confidant of hers, it would seem, and yeah. tells her, "Hey, would you mind? Uh, you know, you're you're my link to uh, my own my home. 
the village, could you please send this back to Ikem, if you wouldn't mind? And uh. saying she has complete trust in her, and the cook is like, it's my honor, princess. Turns out, though, either in fear or whether it's all a lie, it's not. That is not the case. Where yeah, she is apparently not doing that and doing just the opposite, but uh, keeping them, I guess, for uh, the Fire Lord himself again. The intimidation that the Ozai puts over uh, everybody else, I can probably understand her reasons for this, but yeah, uh, before she puts this letter away to i guess you know i get in the secret compartment or whatever maybe not a secret compartment but just you know in this comp- in this chest uh same chest that Zula was probably l- rummaging through earlier in that secret uh room she reads the letter and it turns out eh, she's surprised she's, what is it what, what was going on here and so she goes directly to ozai and informs him of this letter yeah and we don't find out what's on it quite yet but we can see that whatever it is, it sends him into a rage. So, oh no, not good times. And yeah, again, just the sad state of poor Ursa. That that woman was seemed so kind to her, and then the minute the doors closed, we see that sinister edge, just a betrayer. But I guess that's how the uh, those kind of royal households always are. Everyone's got their schemes, and you can never trust. So that's no good. Yeah, well, again, I understand the. I mean, I, I like. <sighs> I feel for the cook just because, like, when you see her oh, yeah. trembling in fear in front of Ozai, it's like, okay, no, I kind of... Oh, 100%. No, I, I, I kind of feel for her. I, I understand the betrayal, but it's like, no, I, I get why this came about. Uh, anyways, moving on, we you know, have a you know brief fight with the wolf now. We're like, okay, we're trying to... Uh, I love Aang. He's trying to avoid trying to fight it directly because, you know, it's a spirit. And we should be you know, respectful to this. And they have a way of thinking. They have a way of operating. It's not acting out like Heibai was. As far as we're aware, there's no violence going on. It just seems to be doing its own thing. But no, even after all that, I, I guess maybe potentially Aang deduces that whatever Azula has done to disturb the wolf, potentially he again tries to plead and use diplomacy to uh, avert uh, the anchor. Uh, much to no avail, unfortunately, as it still attacks. <laughs> Yep, and eventually Appa even gets involved in the fight, and Aang's over in the background, like, "Go easy on buddy. We're just trying to get get through here peacefully." Headbutt. <laughs> yeah, and eventually it gets to the point where the wolf is like, "Okay, I gotta break out my secret attack. Where's my atomic breath? Oh, I left it at home. <laughs> so now I'll break out my atomic uh, uh, wasp bees, moth wasps, <laughs> moth moth wasps." <laughs> So, so yeah, they all have to flee from that. Yeah, it's just like the rebirth of Mothra at the end, <laughs> if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I re- yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's been it's been a while, but yeah, I, I remember that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and so they all go into a panic. Oh crap! We better get out, get away from here. And yeah, again, Azula, she's just down there. She's like, okay, like, what do you want me to admit that I was wrong for running off? But yeah, the two of them have to come to work together. So. Again, we show that uneasy balance between wanting to have peace, but with someone who just is so incapable of it, but can still do great as a team. And I think the panel there of the two of them combining for this is is pretty cool. Oh, I see now. Okay, so she's basically saying, all right, Zuko, I'm the only one that can deal with this. So he frees her, then she uses lightning. I thought she zapped them all. Okay, I get. Okay, I'll give you this as well. You'll you'll get me. I'll I'll, I'll like not bend the knee, but I'll, I'll at least you know 
show respects. Instead, you created like a ball of lightning or whatever, and yeah, big ball light. Basically, like you know, shot it like you know at a distance again, a stick or whatever, and lured <laughs> them away. Okay, yeah, I respect that. At first, I my interpreted as and I had interpreted it as, you know, she basically overpowered them all with lightning. Which I'm like, okay, hang on a second. She like the wolf was able to like brush off fire, a boomerang. That's not saying much, and ice. So I I would hope that the lightning would also not like make a difference, but this time distraction. All right. No, I'll tip the hat. I tip my hat. Yeah. And then we cut to later that evening and they're all kind of relaxing. Aang sitting on top of Appa meditating, which I like that, that little detail him in the back. Yep. Very good. I think that whole panel is very cute. Katara kind of snuggled up against Appa and the others that uh, we see. Well, actually, where is uh, Azula? Can you see her in that image? She is on the top panel. You can see her where the tree is. You can see that tree and below oh. her where the roots are. Uh, and she's shivering. It's like a little where's Waldo, that image. <laughs> Not really. Uh, there you go. What else is what else is there? I mean, where's where's Momo? Yeah, where has Momo been? Hmm. He's in here. Um actually let me see if he was at all present in this in that situation. Mm, let's see, was he on top of Appa? No, I don't know where he is. Oh no, he there he is. If you go to page sixty-three, you can see him on top of Appa, Appa's head. Excuse me. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's riding the, the riding the wave. But then he disappears. <laughs> I guess he gets off when Appa starts, you know, going to town. Yeah, but this little scene here is quite sad. Yeah, we do see poor Zula shivering in the cold, and again, just with her troubled mind, she keeps just talking in her sleep, repeating these scary things talking about the how her mom turned people against her and Sokka and Zuko are just kind of sitting there talking about their relationships with their siblings. I think that this is a really nice scene and um, yeah, we see, you know, Zuko's kind of like, like, I don't get how you and Katara are still going well together. Like how many snowballs has she thrown in your face? And you kind of have this snide kind of way of talking to her, but still they find a balance and he's like, you know, she's my sister. Like, you know, I'll, I don't mind getting uh, the short end of the deal just because I love her so much. And he goes and gives her his blanket. And it's just a very sweet little scene. And then we see Zuko just kind of feeling bad as he looks over at poor Azula just shivering. And he decides to get up and give her, her his blanket as well. And I I really like that little slowdown period to, to show. And that so much of this relationship is about brothers and sisters. I like that they parallel them with, with Sokka and, and Katara there. I don't know why I always want to fudge their names. <laughs> Bothers me. It's, it's weirder than that, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I, this is, I don't know if this is a callback or whatnot, but there's just this thing regarding um, Sokka again with his, you know, having to use the bathroom there. Because if you remember when he first went to the spirit world, uh, he was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I, I do not know if you remember this. And that's kind of what he got, I believe, got I No, I think he didn't. But like, yeah. So I just find that funny that I guess they brought back that little little joke there so i definitely kind of had a fun bit there with that but as zuko you know puts the blanket over his sister uh for warmth he notices something in her boot mm. it's one it's a letter he's like what the heck is this and maybe okay maybe this is a little bit disrespectful that he took something from her but it's also like what the heck is this so he takes it today he was at a read my dearest icon it's taken me a long time to admit it but you were right I belong with you, and nothing is worth this pain. My one consolation is our son Zuko. When I look into his eyes, it's as if I'm looking into yours. My thoughts are always with you. 
Love Ursa. All right, you. So you you write, you understand sentence creation and conjecture. You know what he misinterprets here, right? Oh, with um, with Zuko here. Yep, because in the next, like in the bottom panel of seventy four, it says "our son." That's like you know highlighted. Well, even more than yeah, just the him misconstruing it. Yeah, this was an intentional misconstruing with her as a way to uh, antagonize the Fire Lord because she knew uh, spoilers for later. <laughs> yep. She knew that. Yeah, he was going through these. So, yeah, it's understandable why he would take it this way as well. Mm-hmm. So. That's that's definitely because I coming. So when I first read this, uh, not, not what I not what I read today, excuse me. But like when I first read this, uh, I think I it glanced over me when I read this the second time, not because I knew what the like resolution was or like what it was about, but I read it intentionally saying like our son. I was like, okay, I could still see it being like she's talking about like our son Ozai and and Ursa, but I guess I got duped. <laughs> Yeah, because she does immediately follow that up with, when I look into his eyes, it's as if I'm looking into yours. So There you go. But I thought the way that they did the art for both those panels was was very well done. I liked all the writing around him. Yep, the Chinese... Uh, calligraphy? Chinese, or... Yeah, the Chinese text as well. Or Yeah, calligraphy. Is, oh, it's so wonderful. Yeah, and then it's so sad. We cut again to Azula. She's sleeping, and she sees her mom touching her face, waking her up. And even though the mom's so kind, first thing she's like, how'd you get the jump on me? As if she thinks her mom's there to like kill her or something. Like, oh man. Their mom's like, oh, you know, give up this, this quest. You know, Zuko and your destinies are different. You know, his is the throne, yours lies elsewhere. And she's like, ah, you know, finally you're here. I'll kill you. Prepare to meet your doom. (laughs) I'll kill you. Sorry. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, you know, but it's 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 sad and funny at the same time how crazy she is. Well, it's just like immediately she chooses violence. It's like, okay, like, sure, you can feel sad about her, but like her just immediately going to like, okay, by the way, I meant to this was a big thing that I meant to say with um, in the in the end as well. Or yeah, at the we can talk about it right now. This is at the end of Avatar. I forgot to mention this because it was something I later realized, like, wait a minute. So. Do you remember how in when, when Zuko first wanted to learn lightning bending, right? Like when he for and, mm-hmm. and Uncle Iroh just explained it to him where you have to like, what is it? You have to push out all thought and or like separate. Yeah, that's, you're talking about like the positive, like positive and negative like aspects of how lightning is created, obviously. But you have to like yeah. have like a clear mind, right? Yeah. Now I, this, this made me question, how is Azula able to bend lightning in this state like both in the ending of avatar in avatar ang and in this or i guess in into the inferno whatever and this how is she of clear mind well maybe it's maybe it's like she's got a clarity of purpose even though her mind itself is so just wrong-headed like she has such a skewed perspective of the world and you know seeing a, a hallucination of her mom all the time but her goals and her kind of intentions are always clear. You know, she never seems like she's bouncing back and forth between what she's trying to do. She's always got that focus. She's her just her lens is so wrong. So, so maybe that's why she can still bend uh, lightning. 
it fair enough. It's it, I I I'm not trying to call it cry foul or what foul or whatnot. Excuse me, but I'm just a little bit like okay. So if she can do it, why can't Zuko do it at this point? Isn't he been fulfilled? Why has he not tried to bend lightning at this point? See, that would be cool if in this case this was the point where Zuko was able to bend lightning hmm. and she couldn't. I think that would, in fact. Yeah, that would drive her even more nuts. That would put her down even more as like a like uh, crazed person. Just like you know, now it's all of a sudden you could just hear you. Could, I could just imagine this of just like you know, she she sees Zuko like bend lightning for the first time and he's all happy and whatnot, and then she's like, "How did mom teach you how to like bend lightning or something <laughs> like that?" Like, th- I demand to know. Just like <laughs> I know she'd survive that the humiliation and the. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so either. It would, it would be too much for her. She'd probably <laughs> have a heart attack from that. But just yeah, okay. Your explanation does sound sound, but I'm still a little bit skeptical of like I don't know because if Zuko wasn't able to because you know he that was a, that was a whole thing like part of bending lightning was uh, or him on being unable to bend lightning was because his whole mind was confused or at least you know he didn't know which way in life he should have been going and whatnot. And he didn't know like where he was. Now he does. I feel like um, I don't know. I just no. You, you know what? We actually get an example of it right here in this scene. Because as she's talking to her mom, and her mom keeps being like, uh, like, no, Zuko's destiny is a throne. You know, throw off this mask of yours, and maybe you'll see your true destiny. And Azua's like, no, no, like the throne is my destiny. And then she goes, isn't it? And then you see her her uh, lightning suddenly crackle out as she has a moment of doubt about what she's what she's doing. Oh, it spurts out. Thank you for contextualizing that. It makes more sense. Like it's like it's a pea shooter or something like that. Like it fizzles out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? Even though it was right in front of me this whole time, and people could yell at me for saying Isaac, you <laughs> goon. Like, why not? As far as I'm aware, she only firebends from here on out, right? No, we see her start some lightning bending, but I guess we'll find out. Okay. But. All right. Well, in that instance, that's great. But I still think that, like, she should, like, in this state of her, she should not be able to bend lightning because, like, her mind is just so imbalanced. I that's fair. Again, I feel like I, I, I just feel like with the rules that we've established. Sorry if this was a tangent or whatnot, but <laughs> uh, just for the rules that we established, she shouldn't be able to bend lightning at this point. Just given like, we've seen. anyways. Sorry. So yeah, but but just briefly. Uh... I can see her having more of a focus going forward because she does remind herself right after that she has proof. And I love poor Katara. She just happens to walk by this 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 like uh, coiled uh, snake just ready to pounce. <laughs> just grabs onto her screaming, I have proof. And Katara's like, whoa, like what's going on? And they're all freaked out. And Katara's just like, yeah, she just woke up and got me all of a sudden. Like what's going on? And then there she is just stumbling around t- talking about her mom. It's like, oh no, <laughs> just very unfortunate. Which I thought she, uh, I thought Katara was already in front of her and was where Ursa was, was the project like being projected onto Katara, and Katara was just here to wake her up. But I guess that's not the case. Anymore. I don't think so. Yeah, I think Katara was just walking by because if you look in the vision, Azula's standing up with her blanket behind her, and, and in real life, she's still laid down. The blanket's still on top. I think she was just dreaming. And uh, so it was a dream. Never mind. All right. Just snapped up and grabbed her. <laughs> no, you're right. Never mind. Uh, anyway, so she she then reaches for her letter and doesn't know where it is and immediately is like, Zuko, talk it! And we cut over to Aang and Zuko discussing uh, the contents of the letter. 
Yeah, and this is another sad bit. Poor Zuko, he's immediately so so excited. He mentions like, oh, like I have hope, you know. Like the the idea that this would explain so much if I wasn't actually related to this this family, this and I've got this other kind of lineage. And Aang, I mean, maybe I get what he's saying, but maybe it's the wrong time to be like, dude, start thinking about your throne. Who cares about your lineage? If this is true, then then who's going to be the Fire Lord next? It's kind of like, oh, maybe be a maybe the shoulder that Zuko needs right now to to lean on. Don't merely jump to politics stuff. <laughs> yeah, like unfortunately, Aang's thinking in the long game right now rather than like you know in the moment. So, all right, I mean. He has priorities, but yeah, maybe those priorities aren't meant for the now, especially since they will not be discussed now because once again, in comes a roaring crazed uh, lunatic being like, what would you do with my letter? And you can blast him with fire. And that actually transitions to another scene in the past of, you know, just, you know, the uh, three, uh, three of the, I guess, four royal firemenders just go on a stroll in the garden. And then Azula's bored and she sets a bush on fire. I'm like, okay, what the fuck did that bush ever do to you? Oh, I took that scene a little bit different because we see that Zuko and uh, Ursa are having like a, a conversation. They both look happy. But poor Azula's like in the back and I think she looks kind of sad. And I kind of thought that she burned that bush to get attention. Okay, no, you're right. But even still, my, my point remains, why the fuck did you burn a bush? <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, and I was thinking with, with Zuko's like terror of her all the time I was like maybe she was just a little bit like she needed some help all along but no one was there to help her and so when things finally fell apart and her sanity completely broke maybe she was never quite there even as a kid and if people are paying more attention like if her mom was not just scolding her right now but trying to see what the real problem is maybe they could have helped her instead of leaving her to get so so messed up but well uh, well about that actually i see at the top panel i actually see ozai in the background he's walking down the corridor there yeah that's okay true. never never, never realized that but that's the other thing of like i'd like to see more of her flashbacks with uh what azula's relationship was with ozai mm. especially if uh, if he was distant and ursa was distant for i mean if that is you know ursa's fault for being because she's just yeah being naughty for the sake of attention because you know she also wants to be loved but this is the only yeah way she expresses it i mean i would i guess you're right where if that is neglect or if that is just bad parenting like eesh. yeah and i get it i i i feel like when she when ursa looks at zuko she sees more of herself and when she looks at Azula, she sees more of that guy that she despises, Ozai. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she just doesn't treat them with the same love. And even when she sends uh, Azula, she's like, that's enough. Go to your room and think about your actions. I just look at that poor little kid, Azula, and think about... Like, she's... she. I don't think either one of her parents really loves her. Ozai sees her as, like, a weapon to shape, and then Ursa sees her as that, like, reflection of him. And, yeah, it's just sad. Sad kid. All right. Play Sympathy for the Devil, either by Rolling Stones or Motorhead. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. You won me over there. But it's not even like Zuko, like, all right, like, sure, Zuko, I'm not saying he's a wimp or anything like that, but that was pretty uncalled for for what she did to him. Even if, yeah, he was a tattletale, it's like, yeah, but still, it's not normal behavior, man. Oh, yeah. It's just, This is, yeah, you see, you just bring all this up is just how complex this family is. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can see why he'd be scared of her and not like her, but that's what's nice about Zuko, too, is he always wants to leave that door open for her. Maybe he feels bad for her, too, in some way. Yeah, I mean, sure, he's acting as a kid, so he's... He'll, I, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from there, but even still, it's like, as an older adult, he kind of you know, leaves the door open, so it's like... But, it, you know, at least all stems back to another you know, root of the problem, of course, being Ozai, and we... As he yeah. watches uh, from the corridor, which again, I'm stupid. Obviously, he was there before. Why would they not have set that up? Him yeah. in the under, undercover area. <laughs> like, I'm an idiot. Uh, we see him walking, and I guess just observing what happened, and again, just being like, "Oh, what a twit," or whatever. Like, jeez. And goes over to uh, meet a Union Archer. We have not seen one of these guys since book one. Yeah, it's been a long time. My oh my. Yeah, and I feel bad for this guy. I mean, he's so proud of who he is and what he represents. And he's like, oh, your majesty. Like, he's even bragging about his abilities. Like, oh, you know, Ozai's, uh tells him, like, oh, you, you and archers, you can pin a fly to a tree 100 yards away without killing it. And this guy's bragging. He's like, oh, you know, I can pin a fly to a tree 100 yards away without killing it. And I could do it blindfolded. So he's got some arrogance to him. And so he's the perfect guy for Ozai to pick for this this mission to go and kill a certain man named uh Ekem. and the guy's like oh at once my prince and uh you know you have my you have my word that no one will ever uh connect your actions to him but the fire lord he wants it out there he's like no 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 don't bother with any of that kind of secrecy i want people to know that that little uh piece of dirt was killed by me so what a filthy guy this 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 uh fire prince is at this point back in the present azula is assaulting uh zuko and ang just for the all the want of a piece of paper must be really important to her um it's notes she made to my entirely back in the day um so you know they they go back and forth and then you know eventually even though uh zuko appears to probably well no i really she just takes the advantage to uh gets on top of him grabs the piece of paper and then yeah, this is where Zuko almost like he's kind of like he's had up to here. It's the the straw that broke the camel's back and just, you know, grabs her yeah. by the collar and literally holds her over the edge of the cliff. Yeah. yeah and he says for from day one, you know, from the day I was born or the day you were born, you put me through so much. Why does our relationship have to be like this? And all the time she's just she's just completely off the wall. She's like, this was her plan. You know, uh, she's been whispering in your ear to throw me off this cliff all these years. <laughs> As if her mom can see the future and always knew that, that one day they would come to this. Well, her mom's dead, right? So obviously, like, she has omnip- omnipresence and omnipotence. So she know- she could see, like, the time does not exist to her. So, of course, it makes complete sense. Yeah, and, and poor Zuko, you can see he's like, you're not even making any sense anymore. Can you hear yourself? Like, like have some sort of reflection. And she does. She's like, wait a minute. Like, you've had that letter all night. Why didn't you burn it when you had the chance so you could save the throne? And another door opens up for the two of them to find a way to connect, sort of. And so so there's that, at least. <laughs> yeah, basically just, again, Zuko wants, is with the world, he wants harmony between the nations. And now, again, as that, quote, that Lincoln quote goes, a house undivided cannot move forward or whatever it is, I apologize. But, you know, something to that matter where he also still wants, again, to show kindness to his uh, to his blood, Ken, so. Yeah. 
and tries to leave, as you said, leave that door open. And she asks, are you uh, on my side? And just let's go back to the group. Yeah, and you, you could see that envy when he had that little scene with, with uh, Sokka. I'm just like, I, you know, he doesn't say it, but you can tell that he's like, I wish that I could have that relationship with my sister. Like, why does it have to be so, so, so wrong? So, especially, especially since, pardon me, they almost parallel. Yeah. Because both had a father, both had a mother disappear or get killed. Mm. And, uh, well, I guess one got banished later on, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, and Sokka, of course, has his his famous scar, too, somewhere. <laughs> Clearly. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but so we, we cut back to the forest uh, where the rest of the gang are, and they're just putting out the damage that Azula's caused. She's been burning up the place, so they're tr- just trying to clean things up. And again, they're all choked they're like uh, once they see her they're like oh great here's this chick again Sokka's like nature hates you and she just kind of scowls and Zuko explains like we've arrived at an understanding and that we just need to progress forward like let's let's put this behind us and they, they've already tried this routine and no one seems quite happy to be back in this position again like didn't we already do this like ugh but they they still give the grace and try to continue and then we continue back into the past yet again as we see a nice little family dinner. And Azula, she's she's quite pleased. She's she's bragging a little bit, telling a little story about how she had a nice training uh, situation with uh, Master Kunio, who we saw in the previous book. Which I like that little bit of connection. And she just pointed out basically that he was like, uh, he was trying to give me these lessons about firebending basics, but uh, that form, you know, it didn't work for me. It was It was the dumb way of doing it. So when he turned his back, I set his pants on fire just to show him who's boss. And of course, Ozai loves that. And even uh, Zuko's like, hey, like th- this isn't right. He was just trying to show you proper firebending. Like, why do you have to attack this way? And Ozai, he doesn't allow that kind of stuff at his table. Uh, anyone who's lower than you, you show him who's the person on top and you you burn him. So that's, uh, that's a bad sign for what happens to Zuko later. And then, of course, goes... Uh, goes into a whole spiel after again trying to berate him even further and put him in, like into the dirt of saying you know the fact that uh, how much of a useless like worthless son he is of just you know that even though he's the older one Azula's learned far faster than he is and then goes the whole like you know she was born lucky you were lucky to be born yeah and just the stunned look like you can just tell that that sunk Zuko to his core and Azula looks pleased eugenics everybody nothing wrong here at all yeah ozai even says like when you were a baby like there was no spark at all of a firebender in you and i was planning to just you know cast you from the palace as an embarrassment like imagine this this is so so despicable and zuko still tries to have a relationship with these guys all these all these years later like this guy's a saint (laughs) i think there are people out there who could read this and yeah, probably put this book down and curse Zuko for the till the day they die for just wanting to like talk to these monsters. <laughs> oh boy, I can imagine some people who would do this. But anyway, um, 
yeah, now some Ursa obviously retaliates of just like, okay, now hang on a second. Where'd this like rant come from? Are you, what is this? Have you been like, did, have you had like tea burn your tongue or something like that? Until it's, I guess, thankfully interrupted by one of the guards mentioning that a uh, union archer uh, requests an audience with him. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's go see that. Yeah, and he's got some bad news. He went to the village of, uh, oh, how do you say it again? Hira? Hira. <laughs> Yeah, what Isaac said. Or here, uh, excuse me, right? There's no bra. Yeah, he said that the locals said that Ekem um, had run off into this forest and he tried to explore the forest. He was there for months, but it was like nowhere he'd ever seen before. And he was positive that Ekem uh, couldn't survive in that forest, even though he never found his body. He was just sure that no human could survive it. And Ozai's like, hmm, so all he got is conjecture. Well, you know, that this is pretty disappointing for me. Uh, get off your feet. Stop that groveling. Uh, but uh, I want you to return to your stronghold and send your resignation. But he has this kind of like smile on his face almost the whole time. And it's just that like that silky cruelty to him. Another way to show that he's just a he's just a cold dude, that fire lord. Not only just that, because he, you know, talks about like best of the best. And again, he's molding Azula to be that. So again, he only <laughs> strong. That's all that matters. Emotion is weak. Uh, but I think if I recall this, this particular Union Archer, I believe not just, you know, you mentioned, or at least Azula mentioned, you know, that, that master who was in the previous book, which yeah, I didn't pick up on, by the way, that's really good on you. I, <laughs> you schooled me there on this, but I, I believe this Archer uh, is part of the Rough Rhinos. Oh, oh, cool. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that. Because remember, there's a with, with the Rough Rhinos, they had like all those guys there and they had an archer there who was a union archer. I think this is him. I, I think. Obviously, yeah. you know, he may be a little bit older, obviously. I assume that he's probably young here, but yeah, I'm just going to go with that. Hey, I like it. I like it. It's been a while since I've seen the, the Rough Rhinos. So. Um, but we, we just saw a scene of the Fire Lord being kind of more subtly cruel and kind of enjoying it. Now we get a different scene and a different temperament of him as he comes storming into Ursa's room as her ladies' maids are just kind of grooming her. And he's like, okay, ladies, leave leave us alone. I want to talk to my wife. And immediately he's grabbing onto her, screaming at her. And the ladies' maids seem disturbed over in the corner there, kind of like, oh, oh crap. I can't believe we're in the room for this. I would be as well. Yeah. No, this will... Okay, anyway, um, and basically states, oh yeah, I know about your letters. Yeah, and not only do I know about your letters, but guess what? That guy that you liked, this this Ekem, well, I gave him the punishment that he deserved for uh, thinking that he had any right to speak to you, and I wiped that treacherous uh, dog from existence, he says. A bit, again, with a big grin, he's so pleased to say it, and we just see the tears fall from her eyes. It was me, Austin. It was me all <laughs> along. I don't know if that's appropriate here. <laughs> but yeah, what an ugly dude this guy is. Just, just loves the the cruelty. Ugh. Well, I can definitely say my I say favorite parts, but that's definitely something I enjoy about these books. Hear me out. Is at least they're giving more character to him, and of course, yeah. No surprise here. He is below dirt. And, uh, yeah, darn son of a gun. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and just to freshen things up, we do get a nice little shot of Momo as he's collecting some little berries. 
which I loved. Yep. I always love to see Momo. I agree with that too. Nice to see that. Yeah, and we see that they're all getting ready to head back into another little Fire Nation village. This uh, that place I can't say its name. And they're like, okay, we gotta get into our disguises. You know, we don't want everyone to know the Fire Lords here. They'd all be uh, clamoring me for, you know, oh, build this bridge for us, and can I have your autograph avatar? So get into disguise. I like that Aang's like, oh, don't worry, you know, from hiding, you know, all through book three, I become the master of disguises. And Katara's like, um, you know, that headband of yours worked a lot better uh, back when you had hair. So I don't know, maybe you should try something else. I thought that was a cute little little callback. And even with Sokka, he starts putting on his Wang Fire routine with the, the beard and the, the mustache. But this time it's made from bison hair. <laughs> yeah, so they head into town and now we get to see an example of that that little play that we saw earlier. I can't remember the name of it. Love Amongst the Dragons. Yeah, now we get to actually see the performance and it looks pretty cool. I was thinking of the uh, the Ember Island players. I was like, I kind of wish we could see this performance done on that grander scale. I wonder what they would do with it if they had the chance. With all their cool uh, effects. And uh, the moment there as well, I, I definitely love this, where just, just for a brief moment, just a brief moment, Azula and and uh, Zuko get to act like siblings. And there's no, like, you know, discourse amongst them, other than when Azula gets, you know, <laughs> snippy at a fact that her voice is a little loud and it's the uh, patriot in front of her is like, hey, can you please keep your voice down? This is the best part. And she retaliates and there so it's like all right you know what we had that light that we had that bit that's that's great i love that zuko's like azula please he looks so distressed like can you just calm down for a minute here it's just a guy like telling you to keep your voice down sheesh oh but whatever the play is it it seems quite pretty and this little old couple i I like them there's our little little greek choir and a little representative they've been seeing the show for years and they, they quite like this version of it and so because they seem to have a, a history with it, Zuko decides that maybe that should be his inn and he can ask them uh, if they knew anything about Ursa, knowing that she lived in this village in the past. And they don't seem to know too much. They know that she was once the magistrate's daughter. But then all of a sudden, here comes a creepy masked man popping in. He's like, oh, it's the blue spirit. Yeah, it's the blue spirit. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Everybody run away. Get out of here now. <laughs> yeah, Zuko turned around, and thought there was a mirror there. <laughs> stupid joke jeez <laughs> wow <laughs> um but so the guy takes off the mask he's like oh sorry to me to startle you my name's uh norin and he's the new director of this uh yeah the the here uh, uh acting troupe and he happened to overhear them mentioning ursa's name and he wants to, to let them know that she was once a member of their troupe and finally the old folks member like oh yeah she used to play the dragon empress or at least she was going to but she didn't get the chance because, and yeah, we discovered that it's been kind of famous, the fact that she uh, was taken at some point as things progress forward. And Norrin invites him to the to his, his house, and he has a uh, team avatar, shares a nice little dinner with him and his wife, Noriko. Uh, so then uh, the daughter, Kii, I think? Uh, or Kai, whatever. Yeah, Kii. Uh, she she you know, has some fun, or she has some talks with Zuko, and her dolls also shares the same name. Zuko's you know, very <laughs> appreciative and you know, very kind towards her, unlike Azula, who's saying like, oh, you know, the the haircut there that you made for her is uh, not the unlike what I not unlike, but but unlike of what I was doing with my dolls, where I you know ripped the heads off of them. 
Yeah, that's that's such an unfortunate little scene there. Zuko's like bonding with this little kid and immediately Azula. Like she just has no people skills at all. She like in a way scares and threatens this little kid. Which makes me believe that remember the um what was it? Do you remember the uh, uh gifts that Uncle Iroh gave to uh or sent to Zuko and Azula uh oh, during yeah. the siege of Bossing Say and how she got a doll. <laughs> Anyways, Sonoran returns with uh, Sokka and, you know, hey, hey, Kiyi, are you, you know, being hospitable to our guests? I'm trying. <laughs> Fair enough. And, you know, basically, they, they, uh, Noran gives the heads up of what's going on because the old thinking Sokka there, once again, he's like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, you guys are drama historians. <laughs> And look that up to see if that exists or whatnot. But yeah, basically gives the whole spiel on what's happened about what happened uh, with regardings to regards to Ursa. And um, yeah, that, that apparently she was the most famous member years ago. And well, yeah, after that, we don't really know much about what happened after that. And then Zuko asks about Ikem. Mm. And he seems pretty surprised about that. And he, he says that he remembers hearing something about, uh, yeah, that guy going off into the forgetful valley. Actually, I think it's it's um, uh, Norco who says that. And then she starts thinking about like, oh, you know, uh, it's so romantic that this happened. You know, she went she went off and then he went off disappearing too. like, oh, basically, yeah, no, they, they both like are pontificating to each other and having a conversation of like, OK, was it tragic or was it romantic? We're, we're not exactly too sure other than just, you know, going over what's happened. But. This time, uh, Zuko leaves without stealing an ostrich horse. There you go. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Hope you returned that back to uh, June or whatever her name was uh, back in that you know little Earth Kingdom town. But you know, uh, Kiki is like you know giving her you know response or giving you know her, her wishing or her blessings or whatnot, and sees them off. And yeah, they you know they all and <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, Azula's like ah, oh, thank goodness I got out of there. It was. Like the stench was just so overpowering with all the wholesomeness. Yeah. She wanted to burn down the house. And of course, Katara is shocked by that. Like, how can you say that about such a lovely family? And poor Azula has been so grew up in such a broken home that she's like, oh, come on. It was all just a, a, a fake. It was a charade. Nobody could be that happy. Like, how sad. <laughs> all right. Well, OK. Seems quaint, but. And again, good definition of homely. When I when I say that, it was very like again quaint and real. But anyway, uh, and of course, we get you know the Avatar, the Fire Lord, you know, talking to each other about it. And uh, Aang apologizes to Zuko over the whole matter, which is nice. That's very that's very good. They they actually follow up on that of just like about the you know him him being a little bit more like okay, hang on, you gotta think about you know your role as the Fire Lord rather than you know your you know little like crisis that we're having right now. And so he apologizes over that and thought it was you know, disrespectful. Yeah, I do like that even though he's apologizing for it, they almost jump right into another fight about the same thing. Because <laughs> uh, Zuko's like, oh, you know, maybe it'd be better if all this just stays buried to history and we kind of forget about this stuff and burn that letter. And Zuko's like, oh, I don't have the letter anymore. I gave it back to uh, Azula. Or Azula took it back, I should say. And so... Even though Aang was just apologizing moments ago, he just starts jumping out his throat. 
And Zuko's like, hey, like, once we figure this all out, like, then I can figure out who I'm supposed to be. Like, just let me have some space here. And Aang's, like, grabbing onto him, like, what do you mean who you're supposed to be? Like, you're the Fire Lord. People look up to you. When they, they bow to you, they're not bowing to who you're supposed to be. They're bowing to what you represent. And basically everyone's fighting right now, too. Even Katara and Azula back there seem like they're having their own little uh, scrap. Only uh, Sokka's the, the peacemaker coming in. Or I guess not even a peacemaker. He's just asking how long <laughs> can we keep this together at this point. Everyone's at, at each other's throats. Well, not too much longer. As Zuko states, we have one last place to visit. Mm. We're at the valley. Do you remember where it was, though? Like, that's the, if it's Forgetful Valley, like, how are you supposed to get there? Yeah, and are they going to be able to find their way out? That's the question. Yeah, we're going to find out there. Mm. That's the that's the other thing. Yeah, no, you never want to know that. Yeah, and to just, just stop you here before we uh, before we keep going, I, uh, you know, we're only, we're about an hour and 40 minutes in, and we still have so much more to go. And uh, just in terms of wanting to cut this off before this episode becomes crazy long, I think we'll I think we'll cut it off here. So yeah, tune in next time everybody and we'll join Team Avatar as they head into Forgetful Valley. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>